All right, uh, Aaron Miller is coming up here in just a bit. Aaron, if you're listening, don't freak out. It's from our conversation we taped last night. <laughs> Wait, I'm not scheduled to be on. Like, we just talked like 30 minutes for the podcast last night, so I thought I'd share a little bit of it. Since we're all in on softball right now, right? I mean, we promised this hour to the fans. We did. We did, we did. How good is Eric Lopez? So awesome. I, you know, it's, it's, it's always fun when – I probably wouldn't know who Eric Lopez is if I never got into softball. And he has made it so fun for I, – I probably shouldn't say that. That sounded smarmy. But had I not called OU softball games, I don't know how into softball I would have been. And then in turn, it drives me towards guys like Justin and Catbird and Eric, and they're just awesome people. And Eric is the – he's the Don, man. He's great. It's great. Great group of play-by-play dudes and – Ballard softball fans covering this, and they're all awesome. Um, I don't think it's smarmy to say that you wouldn't, I wouldn't have I mean, discovered him probably if not. you weren't broadcasting but the Oklahoma softball games. With my daughters being into it, maybe it would have sucked me in a little bit. I don't know. I know this much. I wouldn't be as happy as I am right now, Josh. Softball brings joy, especially whenever you cover a team that's 49-2. and two. <laughs> Yeah, that helps. Especially when you get to travel with a team that's that good. Um, off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I feel OU needs to eliminate the walks, and the offense needs to come back. Walks kill them on Saturday. They also hit a lot of pop-up foul ball outs. They don't seem to be making contact as well as they did. Coach talked about that post game a little bit, and I think it just goes back. And I think it was the whole weekend. Can I, can I, can I pose a theory real quick? Yes. I think everyone was trying to do too much. Every I, I think they were oh, – hold on. Chris Plank, if we had music for it, Chris Plank therapy time, I think what happened is it's not like, you know, the, the team doesn't find out as a group that, hey, Jordy might not be pitching this weekend. <laughs> Josh Googled up therapy music. Let's see. You got some uh, relaxing meditational stuff there that might be able to help people out. But, no, he, he, seriously, here's my mindset. I think that Jordy brings a lot of juice. I think she brings energy, passion, and she's – Brent Venable said it. She's Conor McGregor, man. Let's go. But I think you saw a team that was trying to get it all at the plate every single time and every single person, maybe outside of a Riley Boone. I felt like when they stepped up to the plate, Josh – they're swinging for the fences every single time, trying to do too much. Got to find yourself. Got to get within yourself. Got to realize you don't have to do this all yourself. We're got a team. team. We got teammates. What a game and run rule fashion by playing small ball a couple of times. We've done this before. We can do it again if you buy into that teammate next to you, that teammate in the dugout. Yes. And quit trying to hit home runs every time you swing the bat, for goodness sakes. <laughs> There's my therapy for the moment. And everybody relax, all but right? I, I think that's a really good point. Everybody chill out, all right? <laughs> um, I think that's a really good point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I've said this a lot. Very observant fans. Very observant fans. I had, I had someone that was in my DMs that was analyzing other forms of social media to try to see what they could figure, it, uh, figure out about certain players. Try to get tickets for the regionals this weekend. Ticket office said they sold out in two minutes. That's from Dell. 
Got to be quick, Dell. Got to be quick. Sorry about that. That sucks, but it's awesome. It, it was like being stuck in traffic on Saturday. It sucked, but it was awesome. It sucked that I'm, I'm two hours before the game, and I'm stuck in traffic to get into a parking lot. But then in the same vein, I'm like, I'm not going to miss first pitch, and this is awesome. Two hours before the game to see this kind of crowd. It sucks. I'm sorry, but it's awesome. I'll sneak you in. I should, <laughs> I've got a new category of things that we should start having on the show. Plank gets you in, and it's a giveaway that we do for every single game. And when I get my big radio booth that is part of the Love's feel, I mean, it's this massive radio booth, uh, Josh. It has a couch. It's got a fridge. It's got a disco ball. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Extra mics. If you guys are hearing this, this is my expectation. Like Plank and Shin, just two people get to hang with me in the booth. And then I would, um, let's see here, I would help Dell out. He would be my pick for the Plank Get You In. It would be pretty legit. I don't think anyone's going to be on board in it. I don't think I have that big of a radio booth. But this weekend, Pat Dunn can attest to it. This weekend, we got the big radio booth at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium. Bro, it was a party. It was like the Papio. It was like the party patio. I mean, the only thing. Come on in. We got room. That's what it was. And I'm just, we're calling a game. Uh, people are talking. It's like people are, oh, hey, look, Lauren Chamberlain is here. Lauren, what's going on? Her and Destiny Martinez. Who did I see over there that just walked in? Toby Baldwin. Come on in, Toby. I mean, it'd be like a radio show. Poppy Jim Gasso's delivering burritos. You've got uh, uh, Sid Romero's parents were up there with us. I mean, it was a party, dude. That's pretty cool. I could see this. I could see this. No, who said that? No, there's not going to be that in our radio booth. Come on. Uh, and then let's see. There was one more here. Writing Randy understood the assignment of segment number one. Whenever we were talking about, hey, I've been challenged to come up with some questions for Coach Gasso. She's going to be on a podcast. I sent five or six. He threw a few couple good ones. How are the regional and super regional and women's college world series revenue distributed? Okay, can I speak that in English? <coughs> How are the regional... Super Regional, and WCWS Revenues Distributed. It all goes to the conference, right? I mean, isn't that kind of part of being in a conference? That sounds right, yeah. I'll have to ask Toby Baldwin. He'll tell us. And then you'd split it up, divvy up among member schools? And then is it the same for baseball as it is for softball, right? I I would assume it is for every sport then. Because the conference gets its revenue, then it distributes it to their – member institutions and schools that don't play softball no cash for you no cash for you think it splits up split up seven ways i mean i would imagine right and i mean let's face it they're not i mean i i I say this not as a shot it's not a revenue sport you know it still operates most places in the red but as coach Casso has talked about you get love's field and that thing's selling out and you keep rolling Oh, you softball is going to be a revenue sport. Uh, number two, is there any of the $300 million upgrade program going to the softball program? I think everything's pretty much No, the $300 set. million dollar price tag was not for softball. No, no, no. It was, it was football and what, baseball. Softball's done. The, three, the $300 million price tag you're hearing about is strictly football. Strictly football. Okay, I'm sorry. It's just football. And I know, I know that... You know, because I talk about it a lot, that there's quite a large chunk of that that's going to reconfiguring 
and redoing everything in the current Sooner South End Zone facility. But they don't need it. They're, they're good right now. They're Boy, are people freaking out that they haven't broke ground on Love's Field? Is that what I'm getting from some of the responses when I bring this up? Guys, it's it's good. We're good. Just it it's a matter of putting shovel in dirt, and I've I think it's always been of the understanding that that's going to be in June. Maybe there had been some talks that it would be earlier before the season started, like right when the Love's announcement was made. But it's it's always been my understanding that that's set for June. So I don't. I mean, I kind of I kind of think if the Sooners win the national championship, it'd be pretty damn cool to do the celebration right there in that field. Uh, and then third, uh, update on the mental health program. I think it's going real well. I, I mean. And I she's also, talked about it. Yeah. I also don't think it's something that you will hear much about except, like, for instance, well, here's Chris Planks going in to get some help. He's having some mental issues. I, no, no, no. He's, he's struggling with a few. I don't think it's ever going to be like that. I think when you're, you'll hear about it is people that say, hey, I, I needed help, so I turned to this. And I think it's going really well. I think you're seeing a lot of people that are much more comfortable with being outspoken about needing to talk to someone. Some of us are still not in that group, but a lot of us are, and that's good to see. And Patty Gasso and Oklahoma are – forward thinking is not the right phrase here. They're adapting with the times and understanding that, you know what, not that they – you know, I – not that they weren't good enough in the past, but you got you, you have to be better and you have to have more opportunities for these types of programs, and that's important. And Patty Gasso has talked a lot about just that, that they understand they want to be they want to be better. Yep. Just the times we live in where we're a little more up to speed with all of that. Absolutely. Was there anything in there that caught it whenever you were digging into the facilities thing? Yeah. Like I've said many times, very long, very happy for you, or um, hope things turn around. I'm not reading all of that. So just looking through here, again, that May agenda, $300 million all football, $75 million Bud Wilkinson Wagner redevelopment project, Eldell Mitchell Baseball Park expansion and improvements. That's a $30 million project. The softball facility expansion and improvements, that's just the Love's Field, right? Yes. $42 million project. The Sam Pearson Gymnastics Center expansion and improvements, that's a $12 million project. Some track facility expansion and improvements, $5 million. So on and on and on. I probably don't need to read the rest of them to you. No, we got a little bit more time in this segment. Keep no- <laughs> Be the worst person on the planet. There you go. Appreciate all the uh, – there's so many more coming. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. But we're, listen, let's get a break. We promised we promised Aaron Miller this segment, and she's coming up next. We'll ask her the same question we asked Eric Bailey to kick things off. Did I say Eric Bailey? Eric Lopez <laughs> to kick things off. We would have loved and welcomed I miss Eric, Eric Bailey. Bailey. He can too. come on anytime he wants. But did the committee do a good job? Because it seems like they did. Uh, we're talking postseason softball with Aaron Miller next.
gonna be so done with me after today. Josh and I are taping a podcast after the show's over. Locked on Sooners. Here we go. Locked on Sooners. They don't use that voice anymore, do they? They used to have Locked on Daily. <laughs> no. Or Locked on Today, sorry, is what I used to listen to every single morning. It's very much big voice guy. Oh, is stuff. it now? Okay, cool. You'll see. Um, let's see. You want to hear some Aaron Miller? I would love to. Absolutely. So last night, Aaron and I sat down and knocked out a podcast for the Sooner Sports Podcast, which you can find at Soonersports.com slash podcast. She is on the call for the Norman Regional on ESPN, the first time ESPN has ever sent her to cover an Oklahoma game, which is a big deal. And we talked about the committee and whether they got it right. Yes and no. I think this is the first time in a long time, and I'm sure you can attest to this, that I've felt pretty good about the uh, the landscape, the 64-team landscape. I feel like most of, of the seasons that – we get through Selection Sunday, and there's some jaw droppers, right? Like mm-hmm. just just odd decisions that you can't really make heads or tails of. But I feel like this this season, this year, the Selection Show really took into account um, everything: body of work, head-to-head matchups, RPIs, conference titles, just all the different avenues that they can go into these decisions. I feel like it is pretty evenly distributed. I thought it was well done. So I did too. And I I feel like that I've been someone that is very critical of the Mm -hmm. selection committee. And and I think sometimes understandably so, but you know, they left my guy DJ Gasso out. So that's kind of personal, but still, I I don't know if I have too many gripes and I don't know if anyone that's outside the top six, I know that the Texas reaction was priceless, but I I don't know if there's too much of a fit to be thrown by where the seating kind of played out. Yeah, you brought up a good one. I was surprised to see the youths out. I thought they had a really solid season. You mentioned DJ Gasso and Paige Parker over there doing work. Um, thought that they made a lot of noise. Another one that surprised me that was uh, kind of an unsung hero and a, a dark horse, if you will, was Charlotte softball. I thought that they had a lot of um, surprising wins that made a lot of noise. They beat South Carolina. They beat a great JMU team a tough game against Clemson. They beat Minnesota. I mean, this is a a stellar mid-major that was really knocking on the door, and that was a heartbreaker, I think, for them. They beat Virginia Tech. I mean, that, to me, was a huge nod um, that went unnoticed for Charlotte softball. So I'm looking, looking for them to continue to build off of the season they had. But, yeah, outside of those two, um, I think I think that the the landscape looks really good. I'm excited to get things started. Me too. All right, um, let's drill deeper. Oklahoma, breaking news: Aaron Miller on the call in the Norman Regional. How excited are you for that? Listen, when I got the call from Megaronowitz, I kind of did a little giddy dance um, (laughs) here in my home office because I was just shocked. I mean, I've been with ESPN for six years. This is my sixth season. and I've never done an OU game on the ESPN networks. I've done some Sooner Sports broadcasts. I've obviously done a load of radio with you, which I love, but have never gone on the Mothership Network calling my alma mater. So I had to make a promise that I, I wasn't going to be a homer. Um, and I always <laughs> call games straight up. But I am, I am so stoked to be back in Norman calling this regional. I, I look at the, uh, the four teams that we've got in Norman and I, I kind of did an internal chuckle when I, when I heard A&M's name, because I feel like 
their road during postseason always comes through Norman. Plank, you might know off the top of your head, but I'm thinking just in my four years, I want to say A&M came came to either a regional or super regional twice during my career, but it's on my list of notes. Like I want to go back and look in the past 10 years, I think A&M has just worn out I-35 during <laughs> postseason. Crazy. Yeah, and uh, you had one of the great moments, and I like to joke about it, in, in my time with OU's history, whenever you walked off A&M, if, yeah. if you guys would have lost that game, I was having to race over from baseball, and I was going to do the second game. And it would have been my first ever softball game, I think. And mm-hmm. you walked him off, and you got me the, the afternoon off. I'm forever grateful. Um, got got back up the turnpike. Yeah. <laughs> but what, is that? Is that just a regional thing? Uh, is it they, they realize they're once conference foes? How is A&M always seemingly drawn to Norman? No. You know, I mean, it is, it's a lot of different things. I think regional, location, budgets, all of those things. Um, but obviously, you know, A&M has really struggled in the past few years. They've, they've had some transfers. I mean, one good thing is the beautiful new stadium. Davis Diamond right. has been success for them and so I think it's been a little bit not a total rebuild but just starting to kind of hammer down that pipeline of recruits I mean Joe Evans is world-class it's a legend within our game um she's a phenomenal coach so I look to them to bring just a different level of intensity you know how, how it is with postseason I mean throw the stats throw the records out the window like this is the start of a completely new season in my opinion um and A&M is is uh, very familiar with with this regional. So uh, I'm, I'm looking to them to bring something a little bit extra. Okay. Judging by dates in which games were played, it looks like A&M was here in the postseason in 13, 14, 15, and then found themselves here. Was it, was it last year or a couple of years ago? Maybe, maybe it was 18, but they ended up here and Oklahoma never played them. Because they got beat by like Missouri or, or or someone else who's in the regional. So, and that was the great time where Coach told the story about how. Uh, why am I blanking on A and M's coach, Aaron? You just said it. Joe Evans. Oh yeah, Joe Evans. She took A and M over to Reeves Park to show them yeah. before they were working on. She took them over there to show them, and I, that wasn't too terribly long ago. So, old foes reunited. Minnesota is also here, and I'm not just taking A and M to knock off Minnesota here. That's a team we've seen this year, and Aaron. I I mean. I, I really like Nebraska when I saw him. I guess what is, is the big 10 good? Yeah. Um, that was another head scratcher for me. Just going off on a tangent here about big 10 was Go the Nebraska seat. You know, I think that you, you definitely saw their uh, reaction on selection show Sunday, Nebraska kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. I thought that they made a fantastic run, especially towards the end of this thing. Um, Ronda Ravel coming out with an incredible Big Twin, Big Ten title. Uh, so, yeah, I do think the Big Ten is really good. And I, I think that it's been a little bit underrepresented, if I'm being quite honest. Um, we haven't heard much about that conference. I think there's been this big kind of campaign for the rise of the ACC, which is rightfully so. But the Big Ten is stout. Um, you know, obviously, Indiana having an incredible year. Ohio State, always very salty. Wisconsin was really solid in the circle this year. So yeah, Minnesota is is nothing to brush off. Uh, This is a team that we've faced historically 
pretty, they're really tough matchup, you know? So yeah, I, I look at, I look at this regional and this is not something that OU can just kind of put it on cruise control. I mean, they are going to have to really buckle down, especially coming off of a loss against Oklahoma state. I imagine that they're pretty revved up. So that time, thanks Aaron. You can hear that full interview right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. So remember, Josh, that year that I, I just couldn't quite remember um, when they came here and they and they didn't play Oklahoma, and I was trying to think. It was last year. <laughs> well, I mean, that's been a while ago. It was last year. And they got beat by Wichita State, then they beat Lehigh, and then they came back and got beat by Wichita State again. Boy, so 2021 – 2015, they lost in the regionals here. Um, oh, I, I just had it all pulled up right here in front of me. 2014, they lost here in the regionals. That was that was the game we're talking about, the walk-off that Aaron Miller, uh, Oklahoma, trailed in that game late. Texas A&M gave them all they could handle that year. Um, beat them not, uh, Oklahoma beat them 9-8 to and then beat them 11-6 to on a – Oh, it was a Brittany Williams homer in 2014. That's right. I think Aaron's home run came the year even before that. (laughs) Because they were here in 2013 as well. It's craziness. All right, quick break. Uh, We'll come back, wrap up hour number two of the Plank Show. I'm just going to tell you, I spent that whole commercial break like freaking out over my memory because I started going through and I was listening to that and I was like, wait, is that right? Was it Aaron Miller that hit that walk off that beat Texas A&M? Because I'll never forget I was working baseball and I don't think because it happened on in the in the first game of the winner's bracket. So no one really kind of expected Oklahoma to lose that game. And they were down, and Eric Barnhart, I think he called me. He's like, listen, when you're done, you got to go down to softball. In fact, you might have to leave baseball early. I'm like, okay. I was dugout reporting for the Sooners that weekend. I'm like, I'm ready to go. Whatever you need. But I was also kind of on my wife's S list because I had been gone the whole weekend. <laughs> and we, we just, you know, we had like a, a one-year-old. Hadn't quite moved down here yet. Little did she know. Right, exactly. But yeah, Aaron uh, Aaron hit a walk-off home run in 2015 to complete the comeback win in the regionals. <sighs> Felt better now. I'm not losing my mind. Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. Here's one from the 918. If Iowa State and Baylor were in the Big Ten, do they get in? Why so many Big Ten teams? No, they don't get in. Uh, talking about college softball, Iowa State, Baylor. Iowa State uh, and Baylor were 63rd and 59th in the RPI, respectively. Now, you could argue that they may have deserved a better opportunity, but the, and, and not all things are RPI, but the lowest-ranked RPI team in the Big Ten that got in was Wisconsin. And I'll say this. I don't know if there is a Big Ten team that's still alive after this weekend. So take that for what it's worth. We got a good question on the text line, too, speaking of RPI, about Charlotte. That, let me see if I can. Find oh, I it. asked that to Eric when Eric jumped on. You jumped out of studio, and Eric asked that. I asked that to Eric. 
But yeah, because I mean that's the RPI guy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, oh yeah. I gotta know. That's it. good though. Yeah. I. You know, just on that sort of subject, mm-hmm. I tend to when it's not Oklahoma. I'd like to see the smaller schools get a chance because if you're in the neighborhood of being around 40 as a team like Charlotte, I mean, you've had a great season. Right. You're not going to have the same RPI opportunities as an SEC school. So to me, that resume is equal, if not better, than probably some of the SEC schools that got in. But, you know, the SEC is so good. Yeah, and it's and it's so it's, – it's not an easy job. And then one more um, – the Texas A&M tradition of seniors' shoes on home plate of their last game of the season. Powerful tradition, saw it twice, emotional players. Yeah, so Carl Anderson likes to tell the story, the former SID and his, his wife, about how in 13, 14, 15, like literally they have all these senior shoes that are just sitting at home plate. And like, wow. What are we? It is. It's a powerful thing. It's really cool. It it gets you when you see it. But they also did it in twenty one, and they so what they did was they ended up donating it to uh, local charities that have you know people that can't afford cleats to get out and play. Yeah, it's a really cool tradition. Hope we see it again this weekend. All right, quick break. When we come back, we're heading to Tulsa for the top five stories of the day, starting in Southern Hills. All right, let's kick off our top five stories of the day here in hour number three with big story number five. Number five. Sorry. Number f- That's on me. I, Josh is trying to do too many things. I'm sorry. Let's try it again. With big story number five. Number five. This hour three is always brought to you by RoofTech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at RoofTech for all of your roofing needs at 405-703-4245. And we say hello to our man, Matt Reynolds, who is live in Tulsa at Southern Hills. So, uh, Matt, yesterday you walked around and you followed nonstop Tiger Woods and what he was up to and how he looked. We touched on it briefly yesterday. How's everyone feeling? Is it trending towards him being on that tee Thursday? He's going to be there. He's out hitting balls at the driving range again today, and he's striping balls. I mean, he's hitting 185 ball speed, which is not as fast as he used to hit, uh, but that's still pretty darn quick, all things considered. Uh, averaging about 320 on the range. I sat there and watched him hit over 20. So he, he's going to be just fine. I, I don't Good. know that he'll be able to actually compete for the championship. That we'll have to see. Uh, but, hey, he's proved people wrong before, so let's not act like it's you know, not possible that he could. It's Tiger Woods, after all. All right. Um, uh, I, I know you're in it, so we won't keep you too terribly long, but what has it been like to see the reaction to the Phil News? Who was it? Rory that came out yesterday and said he needs to be here. What's been the vibe and the buzz around Phil not being there? It's been eerie. It really has. Uh, there's, you know, your casual golf fan, I don't think really understands all of what's happening, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, but for those out there that maybe are like, what is, what is happening? What are they talking about with Phil? In essence, Phil, he, he has been banned to some extent. There's no way that he would have not played at this point. 
Uh, that's conjecture on my part, but a lot of people believe he has been banned because of the Live Golf League that is backed by the Saudi government. And there's been a lot of backlash for that. That league starts in June. He did formally request the PGA Tour to go and play in that first event in June, which doesn't contradict from the PGA Tour schedule. Um, but it, it's been talked about more and more because people are asking, well, hey, why is the defending champion? Uh, what are we missing? And so that it's really the fans plank that missed out more than anything. It's not anyone else. It's the fans because Phil has a large, large fan base. Okay, so you've been able to take in a lot of the practice rounds here beginning of this week. We had a official pick from you last Saturday on the Gimme Zone. Are you wavering at all now that you've seen some practice rounds? Do you, do you like somebody else? What are you thinking this week as we're getting close to teeing this thing off? You know, as we get closer, uh, the wind is blowing today. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's blowing. It's beautiful to see. These guys are not just uh, striping it just as easy as they were yesterday. So I do think that you're going to need somebody that can play in the wind, especially if this keeps up, and you're going to need somebody that can putt. So Cam Smith is the guy that strikes me early on as someone that could really uh, go out and win this golf tournament. The scary thing with Cam is he did fall apart at the Masters, so it's not in the back of his mind, and I hope not. But it's definitely possible that if he is in the lead on Sunday, he remembers the uh, Masters performance. And, you know, maybe it hurts him, maybe it helps him. I'm not sure which one yet. But he's the guy I'm pointing to at this moment. I, you mentioned uh, a win, Matt. We'll let you go on this. Wind, that is. It looks as if it's going to be its typical toasty self uh, over the next few days. Is there any chance that we get some precipitation or something to kind of soften things up? Or is it going to be, uh, is it is what it is? It is what it is until Friday. Oh, okay. Friday, there is a chance of rain. So Friday could soften it up. And then Saturday and Sunday, guys, it's going to be in the 60s. What? That's what, that's what their forecast is. The 60s. Yes. 68 and 67. That's what is currently out there for Tulsa. So uh, with a little wind, you might even bring long sleeves, I'd say, on Saturday and Sunday. Oh I love that news. That's terrific on the oh, forecast because so I will be joy. there on Saturday and Sunday. So. Uh, I am so happy right now. All right, hey, Matt, enjoy it. We appreciate you. Um, we'll bug you again tomorrow, man. Talk again soon. All right, we'll see you. Matt Reynolds. He sounded sad that we said bye. Yeah, no, he did. Like, talk soon. I, yeah, that was. See you guys later. Um, By the way, our. Live updates with Matt Reynolds from the 2022 PGA Championship Southern Hills is brought to you by Craig Cox and Elite Roofing System, 405-651-3049 in OKC. And in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Locally owned and operated Elite Roofing is OKC and Tulsa's affordable roofing company. Now, that's big story number one. He hit on something very interesting. That is the weather in T-Town. Evening thunderstorms on Friday. Evening thunderstorms. Which is why everything's cooling off over the weekend. And should, you would think, set up for a moving day that's scorable. I think I have to mow today, Josh. I think with this rain coming in, I think I have to mow today. Yeah, we we definitely need to mow huh? at our place. How about that? Uh, Well, let's... Okay, hold on. You know me, the greedy person that I am. I would like to make this about the Sooner softball team right now. And let's see what the – before we hit big story number four, which, by the way, a lot of Texas A&M talk on the show today. Um, this computer is the slowest thing that's ever been put together by um, a human in the history of mankind. 
Am I just late to this because I never used this computer? Oh, we're not getting that break. Holy smokes. It's 91 degrees on. Oh, but wait, there's more. Josh, on Saturday, 64 degrees. I love it. That's great. And then on Sunday, 73 with scattered storms on s- Monday. 64 should be a year-round temperature. I think I could live with that. Find me a city that's uh, not run by liberal crazies in the Pacific Northwest where you know, we got about a 65-degree temperature, and I think I can live there. Does that count out Seattle and Port? I'm just, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. they're probably I, gone. I just, I re, all I do is regurgitate what I hear my wife talk about, okay? Um, so, or the text line. We had or, one. Or they, God, <laughs> had a text so earlier. Send earlier. them to outer space. Send you liberals to outer space. I'm like, what? Um, the send, Christians and liberals. It's like, well, if you're yeah. sending the Christians, you're probably well, losing some Republicans. We're losing a lot of people. 64 degrees on Saturday. Gosh, what is that um, storm on Friday? Look like high winds, 90 degrees, mostly cloudy Friday night, scattered thunderstorms mainly before midnight. Well, that's a very vague area. Listen, I'm a weather forecaster. It's what I do. I get paid a lot of money. It's going to rain before midnight. Who are you, that old school cable guy? I'll be there between uh, 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. Thanks to... Thanks to Matt. He's awesome. First person I saw this morning that was an adult outside my wife, Matt Reynolds' dad. All right, big story number four. Number four. So I missed this. Um, And I guess it's become a little bit of a Donnybrook from over the weekend. Chip Brown reported on Saturday on one of our favorite topics on the planet. What the SEC schedule is going to look like. Now, again, I'm just going to confess and call myself out so you don't have to. I'm guilty of grabbing the low-hanging fruit here. I'm not going to lie. I love this conversation. I'm enamored with it um, in every sport. I don't know why. I just, I'm enamored with it, dude. It is fascinating. Because it's new. It's different. It, there's some people that are going to be left out, right? Um, but you don't want those people left out for seven years like they are now. So Chip Brown reported that the SEC is looking to move to pods instead of divisions. And that Texas A&M is adamant, adamant, I tell you, that they don't want to be in the same pod as Texas. Now, again, Chip Brown's an insider. This was behind a paywall. Maybe you didn't see it. Maybe you didn't hear about it. Maybe you saw it repurposed somewhere. But Ross Bjork was not having any of that, Josh. No, 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 no. Um, so unnecessary roughness, which by the way, used to be one of my favorite podcasts. It's now terrible. I don't know what happened to it, but it's terrible, but the Twitter feed's still pretty good. The SEC will most likely move to pods instead of divisions. Once Texas, you know, you joined for team pods. And then they had the tweet about, um, A&M has made it clear. They do not want to be in the same pod as Texas. Now I read that tweet to tell you that. Ross Bjork, at Ross Bjork 80 on Twitter, retweeted it with two crying face emojis, laughing crying face emojis, quote-unquote sources, and then uh, facepalm a couple emojis. That would tend to me to be a way of commenting on the report without commenting on the report. Yeah, but what is the comment from Bjork? Is it... I mean, 
Which way is it pointing? Oh, okay, I see. Which way? Is it? Is it? Is it the pods or is it the Texas thing? Right. I would tend to think it's him being frustrated over his university being painted as trying to avoid Texas. When they might not be. The most. Though we've heard a lot of that. This is not okay. the first time we've heard that. Here's a good trivia question. Do you know when the last time Texas and Texas A&M played in football was? 2011. Look at you. Longhorns beat the Aggies 27-25. It's kind of wild because everyone's been dogging Texas and its move to the SEC, but the Longhorns have actually been pretty successful against the SEC. They have a winning record, including 76-37-5 and in all-time matchups against Texas A&M. They're 4-1 against Georgia. They're 7-1-1 against the Tide. Now, again, we're going back a ways, but still. You can go ahead and add a, a two in that column. How about that schedule leak yesterday, too? That's the other big story in college football. Beyond uh, you know our Oklahoma stuff and the recruiting side of things is the – oh, not even a schedule leak. Fox announces that Alabama and Texas will play on Fox in week two. And then, I mean, it's kind of funny because I do – I agree. I'm on Team Staples on this one. They announced the start time without really announcing the start time. It was like, big noon kickoff will be there. Well, you know, did you really make it clear? Some say no, some say yes. Big noon kickoff feels like, though, they're always at the game that kicks off at 11 a.m. Like, I don't see them doing the, the game day thing very often. Could be wrong, but I don't see them – I don't remember them going to a place and the game then not taking place afterwards so I can understand the confusion because ESPN does that a lot but it's it's an 11 a.m. kick for Alabama and Texas I love it it's great did we get a time for Michigan Ohio State as well 11 a.m. that's what I figured yeah I thought I saw that come across my because they 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 were showing the big weekend on Thanksgiving where you have what a couple NFL games you've got the World Cup you've got um, Ohio State Michigan so, yeah, that's all set. Uh, and I guess I can't remember who I saw it from on Twitter because I want to make sure I give cro- proper credit to all of my um, favorite never tweet accounts. But maybe it was Dirt Burglars, uh, maybe it was Sooner Gridiron, but someone had pointed out, hey, this is the week of the upfronts for a lot of the TV networks. So you'll start seeing if, you, like, for instance, I'm kind of surprised. So if I'm if I'm putting together dude, we're in this now. Just everyone buckle up. We're in a scheduling conversation. If I'm to remember correctly, ES Fox got the first pick this year, then ESPN picked second. And we were debating whether or not, you know, Alabama and Texas would be the first pick or OU whatever it might be. So this would lead me to believe that OU Texas is on ABC, right? Because it seems like that first pick is usually when you're talking about Fox and ESPN going through uh, their choices on rights that cross, which is essentially everyone outside of what the ACC. It's the Fox. Fox has no say in the ACC, so ESPN, ABC can do what they want. But Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac-12, um, and I guess Fox doesn't have an SEC, so three of the five. So ESPN and Fox have their draft. 
this would lead me to believe that 11 a.m. ABC for OU Texas. You think that was the second pick? I think so. In Michigan, Ohio State was the third? Well, no, no, no. I don't. I, I think Michigan, Ohio State. Oh, gosh, you're right. I could be wrong. Maybe, I guess so then, right? What? No, what is, wait, hold on. I think Michigan, Ohio State is always on Fox. Am I wrong? I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this if you guys want to. Yeah, I don't know. The Air Comfort Solutions text line. Because as soon as I say that. Because that would be the, I mean, that would be the first pick maybe every year, even with a Texas-Alabama. But it, it seems like Alabama-Texas was. May, maybe as part of the, of the rights deal that Fox has, they always get the Big Ten first pick. Maybe that's part of it. So this draft might be more with um, other games that other are games. not named I, Michigan, Ohio State. Right. That, that's that's my assumption that I come away with. But I am – If we can get our man on from Sports Media Watch, we can ask these dude, types of questions. The only time he can do it is whenever I'm gone, so we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Dang it. John Orion won't reply to a DM from me either. So, anyway, there's, there's a lot to unpack there in big story number four. But at the core of it – Texas A&M is denying that they are dodging the Texas Longhorns in a roundabout way. Big story number three. Number three. All eyes on Norman, where the Sooners are doing it again. Another solid round from the Oklahoma Sooner men's golf team at the Norman Regional. Um, After going seven under, or excuse me, after going 11 under in the opening round, they're seven under today. They got a six-shot lead as they make the turn for the back nine over Auburn and seem to be pretty comfortable. You know, our boy, at OU Photo Guy, is out there shooting quite a bit. We need to check in, but uh, incredible day yesterday from Stephen Campbell. Um, front nine scores, Chris Goddard up, even par. Three under for Logan McAllister. Three under for Stephen Campbell. Three under for Drew Goodman. I mean, that's that's a pretty, pretty solid start for the Oklahoma Sooner golf team. Andrew Goodman, by the way, is the leader. Uh, tied for the lead with J.M. Butler out of Auburn. Goodman went five under yesterday, which I think it was five under on the front nine. Um, ended up, uh, he's eight under on the tournament so far. Three under 60. Uh, he's three under so far, shot a 67 yesterday. Wasn't the uh, outright first-round leader. That was J.M. Butler. So all eyes on all eyes on the Norman Regional. Oh, you men's golf. And then is it off the Nationals after the Norman Regional? Correct. Okay. Let's go. Or the NCAA Championships, I guess. Yeah. It's Nationals. And and then if you don't make it as a team, your individual can with, move on. With all due respect, it's not cheerleading. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And cheerleading, hey, like I said, with all due respect, it's a hardcore sport. Yeah, it is. So, OU keeps rolling um, against what I guess would be Auburn right now trying to make their big push. Gets us to big story number two. Number two. Josh Helmer is so excited for the NBA lottery tonight. Let's go. Oklahoma City has two chances. Haven't got a tankathon yet. How's it looking right now, Josh? Do we know uh, the chances? Yeah, let's let's do a tankathon before we get out of here. Um, Sim lottery right now. The best chance to have the number one pick is Houston, followed by Orlando, and let's see, you reset it. Yeah, 
Why do they have the lock next to Oklahoma City? Can they not be a top two pick? Is that one of the new rules that they added? But, yeah, I see um, in my most recent sim lottery, Houston, uh, by the second pick, there's a lock. I, I Well, okay, I'm simming lottery right now on tankathon.com. And, oh, I guess it was just how it had been resimmed. Okay. Yeah, here's Oklahoma City that ends up with the fourth and the 12th pick with Orlando one. Ooh, could you imagine this? I just simmed the lottery, and the New Orleans Pelicans got the number one pick. Oklahoma City was two in that front. But I think most likely what you're looking at is, oh, there's one where OKC got the number one pick. If you're number one, are we fighting for Paolo Boncaro here? Or I think Jabari Smith be. in that mix? Yeah, either or would be great. Either or would be great. I think Paolo Boncaro fits into today's NBA the best out of anybody in this draft because he can get down low in the post and score there, face up in the post and score, back to the basket and score. Obviously, he can step out and shoot. He can control the basketball. He can run the floor in that way and, and direct. So, to me, he's he fits the modern NBA the best. Though, look, I think Jabari Smith is – potential superstar and Chet Holmgren if he adds weight I mean he does a lot of those same things too I don't know dude I keep telling you you know because I'm a little more dialed into what's going on with Iowa that I think Keegan Murray is somebody to keep an eye on as not getting the same hype as a lot of these other dudes but Mm -hmm. very 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 solid player I don't know that he's a superstar at the next level but he He's got the frame to defend one through five. He shot it great last year for the Hawkeyes. So in in an NBA that you want three and D guys, I mean, he might be the prototypical that. Agreed. Gosh, he's so good. I want to see him end up getting that. I want to see him end up in an OKC uniform is what I meant to say. But NBA draft lottery tonight, as is game one between Miami and Boston, which gets us to big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. All right, listen, we're up against it, so we'll recap what happened last night for OU baseball. You'll hear from Skip Johnson when we come back. A tough one for the Sooners as they fall in Wichita, but a huge weekend ahead as Oklahoma takes on Texas Tech. And by the way, are we off to Houston, did I hear Toby say? Tonight for That's the right. Sooner Caravan in uh, H-Town. Nice. I bet there's some good Sooner fans in Houston. I know this much. They packed out whenever we went there for softball. <laughs> All right, quick break. Um, we'll come back here from Skip Johnson next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. And you said neither of 